Welcome everyone, as Fantastic Geek talks Moon Knight ahead of its release on Disney+. Plus. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Hello, Pete. Hello, Matt. Hello, everyone. Here bringing you our final preview of Moon Knight out a week from today on Disney+. Plus. Pete, every new show that we podcast is an opportunity to come across uh, some new folks. So if you are new on the Fantastic Geek adventure here, welcome. Uh, we love podcasting geeky goodness like Marvel, Star Wars, and Star Trek. And uh, super excited for this, this show, Pete, that they're promising it's going to be different than some of the other Marvel offerings, uh, taking things in new directions, darker, grittier, and so forth. And uh, I'm excited for this six-episode run. Definitely, Matt, as the only podcast that has done every single episode ever released of Marvel-branded TV, starting with your Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., also on Disney Plus now. You mentioned also uh, some of the grittier stuff like Moon Knight that has also migrated over from Netflix, like your Daredevil, your Jessica Jones, your Luke Cage, your Iron Fist, your Defenders, your Punisher. We got all those as well, okay? If you're down with Marvel, you should probably be down with us, and we will be bringing you our episodes every Saturday after they have streamed beginning Wednesdays. Indeed, Pete, uh, as uh, as our longtime listeners have noted, part of the reason that we have not moved Star Trek Picard from the uh, Sunday to the Saturday spot, despite Discovery ending, is to keep the door open for Moon Knight. Uh, the, the moon door, the moon roof, somehow <laughs> hashtag it's all connected. Um, and um, yeah, that those those Saturday offerings each week, timely manner uh analysis theories listener feedback and the like uh for this brand new show which you know pete enough about us and it being a brand new opportunity for us to uh to interact with people each of these marvel studios live action shows you know there's been enough that's different where i i don't think it has i don't think any of these shows have been callously created to be like let's bring in a different segment let's bring in this it's just natural organic points to have different kinds of storytelling while still under that marvel studios umbrella well i find myself being the most excited in a disney plus marvel show since loki and to think matt now we're you know five live action shows deep um six if you count what if and again it counts in terms of the the larger MCU, but you know, with with WandaVision, we had this rabbit hole of, you know, all the theorizing and Mephisto was everywhere. Um, you know, Falcon and Winter Soldier was a, a respite from that. Loki got weird again. Okay. Of course, Hawkeye in the holidays. And now we gear up for year two of this. Um, and a really uh you know loaded character in terms of what they can do and i for one look forward to trying to find mephisto each and every week <laughs> um part of what's interesting about this show too kind of from a from a you know from a episode one from a first second of footage that sort of thing 
unlike all the prior shows that you mentioned, um, this series shot kind of, I won't, I won't uh, say post COVID shot April to October of 2021, but you know, did not have the break in production like the first uh, three shows did, um, did not have potentially some of the stuff with Hawkeye where it's like, all right, now it's okay to film, you know, to what degree are we seeing things that are maybe, you know, COVID impacted, like, you know, let's have that private conversation in the empty room or, or things of that sort. Um, this show, the film primarily in Pete Budapest, uh, as well as in Jordan and Atlanta, of course. Um, you know, I'm expecting, I truly am expecting a different flavor here. I must admit, Pete, the knowledge that I had about Moon Knight prior to this being first rumored as a show and then rumored with Oscar Isaac in the lead and then all denials everywhere. And then, you know, as is oftentimes the case, they're doing the show. It's with Oscar Isaac. And if you've been keeping your ear to the ground, that's like old news, even once it's announced. Um, but, you know, prior to all of that, it kind of was like, that's the weird Marvel Batman, I think. Um, the pure Batman is what I've been calling it and, and telling people talking about it. It's funny how this is still somehow Matt, you know, they've, they've had a couple of red carpets here. We're a week away and it's still kind of like beneath the surface for a lot of people. Um, but there are passionate fans of this character and uh, to have Oscar Isaacs, you know, Matt, Matt has a cute little name for Oscar Isaacs, uh, what with his uh, Star Wars persona. And given that we're both waiting for the uh, the Lego Star Wars uh, Skywalker saga that comes out in 12 days, not that I'm keeping count. Uh, and some of the advanced uh, press on that, calling it a possible game of the decade. Uh, can't wait to trade stories with Matt, and that'll probably be a, a side podcast someplace of our adventures through that. But why don't, why don't you tell him about your experience with old uh, Oscar Isaac? Uh, I mean, the first time I I knew this guy was a star, um, and maybe I had seen him and stuff before The Force Awakens, but the first time it was like, hey, th this guy's important. Uh, it was in The Force Awakens teaser trailer, and you know, like so many of us, I had watched it over and over and over. And I knew that there were three characters because I, I tend to run spoiler free in real life. And when we podcast things, all I knew, Pete, is there were three important characters in the Force Awakens teaser trailer. OK, there was a uh, troubled stormtrooper. There was upward looking <laughs> lady because there's a lot of shots were raised looking up. Uh, and then there was Captain Woohoo because you see him flying an X-Wing and he goes, Woohoo! Um, so. Pete, to, to see the Captain Woohoo has done well uh, from from those, you know, halcyon days of yore. And here he is, uh, you know, I mean, I was going to say joking aside. I'm not joking. He, he'll always be Captain Woohoo on a certain level. But, you know, Oscar Isaac is a is a big deal, I think, in the acting world. He's maybe not, you know, a George Clooney draw or, or, or whatever. Um, this is a film guy in an era where there are few people left few actors left where there is kind of that distinction in terms of prestige and i think to get oscar isaac maybe there's a financial reality there like dude we are living in a time where it's tv and films are interconnected especially if you're doing 
you know, a, a premier title show for one of these top streamers. But I feel like to get him, all of a sudden it's like, oh, I don't know a whole lot uh, beyond Magic Batman, but it's Oscar Isaac. It must be good, fun, charming, wonderful, uh, complex, and so forth. Um, I think he just brings that to the screen. I mean, he's having a decent year, Dune, you know, up for Best Picture. Um, and, you know, I first come across him uh, back with Sucker Punch, and I didn't realize that till retroactively after The Force Awakens. I'm like, what do I know this guy from? Oh, my gosh, he was in that. Um, really enjoyed the charisma brought as Poe Dameron. And I think, Matt, you know, I've I've seen the first four episodes of, of Moon Knight. And given the nature of the character and the ability, you know, if you've seen some of the previews, the different accents and everything like that, being able to portray a character from the comics with dissociative identity disorder and all that it entails there, um, you know, this series, the, the one, um, you know, little featurette, I think encapsulates it perfectly. This, this is fight club meets Indiana Jones and to do that in the Marvel universe. <clears throat> I mean, we were talking off mic about how tiny the announced cast is on IMDB. I mean, there are six actors credited. That's it. And then there are photos from the various premieres last night, and there's clearly a deeper bench than that. Um, you know, one of the traditions we've developed for our um, Marvel Studios TV podcast previews before the, the show starts to stream is we'll predict the secret scenes. We'll try to predict the, the cameo or cameos coming because, you know, though it's Marvel Studios now, and it was Marvel before, it remains hashtag all connected. And, you know, obviously they're not going to float somebody out. You know, this is not Vincent D'Onofrio walking the red carpet at the Hawkeye premiere and like, oh my God, they did it. They did it. They saved Daredevil. Um, but, you know, the potential for that only downfall is that, you know, in a lot of these press photos, a number of these performers are not identified. Um, I will take Pete the mystery of it all. I, um, I certainly was aware of, for example, the D'Onofrio potential, uh, just in terms of a, you know, a story potential, a rumor, uh, for Hawkeye, but, um, I, I, I kind of revel in the surprise of it. And to kind of know that officially um, the the main cast, as it's understood right now, uh, is Oscar Isaac as Mark Spector slash Moon Knight, uh, the you know the the amazing Ethan Hawke as Arthur Harrow, and then May Kalamawi uh, as you know Leila Al Fauli, a woman from Spector's past. They're very clearly you know keeping the cards close to the vest here. Uh, yes, some other supporting. People announce um, Gaspar Ulil, Louis Thackeray. Um, love knowing that F. Murray Abraham is going to be doing Pete. I won't be too spoilery, but let's just say uh, some voice work uh, from from Egypt. Uh, I welcome not knowing a whole lot headed into this. I think that that's um, 
there's the potential there to not to, to not you know Pete, look i don't mean to take a slam here at the distinguished competition but it, it's more than a trope now it's a tiresome thing oh man how will bruce wayne's parents die in the latest offering of a batman thing um you know where it becomes almost a burden that you know batman superman and so forth are, are really part of the cultural identity um bring it on where hardcore fans can be like they made a reference to issue 272 and the thing and, and i'm okay sitting here going what i had no idea it's it's a fun place to be particularly as you work in some of these uh less known characters i mean steven and mark were expected but when they put up front in the promotional stuff mr knight and people who read the comic and are aware of mr knight like that's a thing they didn't necessarily need to do and that they're going that deep into the source material um just tells you how committed they are to doing this comic and doing it right i mean matt i mentioned the ones that just migrated over from netflix okay and we love them all with the exception of one character okay and there they did not do him right and i'm talking about you danny rand of rand industries because if they ever managed to you know save iron fist we're talking about colleen wing and we're not talking about danny rand of rand industries to stick on the iron fist tangent for a moment truly listeners if you have not seen iron fist truly the best part of those uh do i recall pete 23 episodes 13 and 10 yes uh the best part of it truly this is not a slam this is my true honest heartfelt opinion the best part of those 23 episodes is the story that they hint at in the last 45 seconds of the mm -hmm. last episode they th mm -hmm. they propose a much better show ahead of them kind of sort of while making it with the knowledge at the time that they probably weren't coming back they propose a much better show um and here we are with moon knight on the precipice of a far better show with far better performer in the lead matt you know again jessica hennick loved her bring her back as the immortal iron fist uh but right now you know we've got our Mark Spector slash Stephen Grant slash Moon Knight. Um, and really, again, I'll use their words, a character study in terms of what happens in this six episode series. And I think, too, it it the show captures a bunch of uh, a bunch of aspects that Marvel Studios finds creatively interesting okay the one is to keep things fresh by mining new characters uh also bringing to it a certain level of diversity but to hear that um the director of four of the six episodes muhammad diab uh who by and large has done um done films um either in europe or in the middle east that marvel just kind of reached out to him and was like hey, we really like your work. Let's talk. We have an idea. Maybe you're a good fit for it. Maybe you think we're a good fit for you and so forth. You know, better that. Yes, there's kind of the Marvel system can kind of, you know, if you're if you're way too outside the box, maybe the Marvel system isn't for you. But to bring this guy who 
you know, wh whose IMDb is not, you know, well, I did uh, a bunch of CWDC stuff. And then I also did some, you know, network sitcoms, like somebody who has a very, very different perspective when it comes to filmmaking. Let's bring that into this show. Let's see what that, let's see what that fusion is like. Um, frankly, Pete, I, I welcome just a different take versus, you know, much love to all the positives of Hawkeye. Um, Hawkeye ultimately at its core, you know, was about a guy who kind of, a character who kind of is over being Hawkeye. And I don't know how the actor might feel about that as well. Um, let's bring this newness, new perspective, new sizzle, um, whether it's, you know, the directors, whether it's, as I said before, a character who we've heard less uh, about, or, I mean, heck, Pete, the notion that they shot mostly in Budapest and Jordan and kind of made their way to Atlanta, the the other HQ for Marvel Studios. You know, again, let's let's keep it different. Let's keep it interesting. Let's keep it fresh. Even though, Pete, something tells me the six episodes can involve uh, Moon Knight fighting an equally powered bad guy, and there'll be something <laughs> involving a sky beam. Well, you know, I, I think Ethan Hawke definitely up to the task. They've they've changed a little bit from the comics in terms of the characters they've brought over. Um, we'll talk about that as they go, you know, back to the Marvel Studios TV, each has been such a different look. Um, but then you look what's carried over. I mean, top of the IMDb page here, Matt, is a still from one of the trailers and on one of the double decker buses there, it says GRC, the Global Repatriation Council. So like there again is the DNA of this larger TV and film universe that they're going to continue to further. Um, and when you consider that we will wrap uh, the, the finale of this show expected to be one season, we've only had one in Loki that's uh, been renewed because they're going to tell more of it. Assuming, of course, Moon Knight is going to get spun into the movies will happen the day before the Doctor Strange general audience, um, you know, uh, premiere. So, again, a hand to mouth. We did this with Hawkeye where you went and you saw Wilson Fisk on a Wednesday and then the next day you saw Charlie Cox in Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, what, what could possibly happen with Moon Knight finishing up, handing over to Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness on top of all the connections we ordinarily get with these shows? I mean, you are proposing by, by, by inference, you are proposing an ending to this show, which ironically is something that we were wondering we might get at the end of WandaVision, which is, oh man, the universe is broken maybe because uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And then, no, we didn't quite get that. Although we did, you know, that clearly there was a, a half a step to Wanda's next thing. Then, okay, we know chronologically Falcon and the Winter Soldier was meant to come out first. Then COVID shut down, blah, blah, blah. Falcon and the Winter Soldier comes out. Weren't really expecting it to be a launching pad to, you know, the the, the movies and so on and so forth, uh, other than the trajectory of the characters. Okay, fine. Then Loki comes. All right, all of a sudden, maybe this, maybe there's alternate because there's time travel. Boom, get to that finale. 
the multiverse is here and you go oh, but it's the middle of the summer there's there's nothing not, nothing for a while uh, except for what if maybe is what if a direct successor to loki okay maybe not um then hawkeye comes oh is, is hawkeye oh is it like the the ant-man movies it's going to take place right before the loki stuff ruins everything and then you see it at the end. no you don't so again we're back to this kind of same anticipation here i mean could it be possible pete that at the end of moon Knight? things are shattering again like we saw in no way home and, and so on and so forth i feel like that's logical but i also like i've recapped i felt like it was logical after wandavision after loki uh are we going to get a, a live action secret scene at the end of what if okay no so i don't know and that's part of the fun of it unlike you know the, the olden days of the mcu where it was a movie or two or even three a year, and you go, the next movie is a Thor, which means at the end of this movie, you're going to get Thor, or maybe the movie after Thor. Um, I don't know. Do we get Doctor Strange, which was part of the original plan for WandaVision? Maybe. Do we get somebody who we don't even know is in uh, Multiverse of Madness? They show up and say, it's here, the Multiverse of Madness. <laughs> maybe. Do we get it's nothing? <laughs> you know, do we get... Uh, Moon Knight will return in season two. Maybe. Do we get him dead at the end? Limited series. Uh, Pete, all, all the multiverses are possible. Well, given, Matt, in one of the clips that Marvel Studios has placed out there, Arthur Harrow uh, taps into the, the mysticism, to the magic of Moon Knight and says he's got chaos in him and there's the old purple light. I think it's a strong possibility. Not saying it's going to happen, but, you know, and as we'll in a couple minutes get into our idea of, of predicting some of these things we think might happen, I think it's a safe bet of where they could be going. <laughs> I agree with how you are wording it carefully in that here we are a year plus into marvel studios live action shows here we are with the fifth live action show sixth overall with what if and you know kind of the, the promise of what if still being part of the overall mcu fabric and in the best sense possible we don't know exactly where we are we we have yet to have the big purple guy turn and look at the camera and that's an opportunity to go wait, who is the big guy who's apparently actually been behind the guy who actually was behind making Loki do the things in the Battle of New York? I need to go find out, and that'll give me sense. Um, I don't know, and I like it. I mean, with Phase 4, it's been all about the multiverse. And to have Spider-Man um, No Way Home be as outlandishly successful as it was still in a pandemic... And now to hand off to this next project, one on TV and and one, you know, nowhere near as high profile. But what Disney Plus has done for these Marvel Studios TV shows and vice versa in terms of the awareness. Um, but let's talk, Matt, about these potential uh, scenes, crossovers or cameos what do you got for moon night i tend to think tv show to tv show probably because the movies 
kind of had me trained to go movie to movie at a time where there was Marvel television that was a separate thing from Marvel Studios. So I know that we're getting Ms. Marvel uh, not terribly after the end of Moon Knight. You know, Moon Knight episode 106 uh, ends on May the 4th because, of course, Pete, right? That's logical. Uh, so, so side note, maybe Luke Skywalker appearance. I don't know. Um, I'll, I'll just. Does, I'll, yeah. does uh, Mark Spector suit up and, and, you know, go to a galaxy far, far away a long time ago? You know, maybe Mark Spector goes to uh, it, you know, to, to a, a Star Wars marathon. And he's like, everybody was good except for that Poe Dameron. <laughs> um, but you know, so, so the end is May the 4th and then, um, then, uh, you know, handful of weeks away until, uh, until Ms. Marvel comes, um, about a month, right? Yeah. May the 4th to June 8th. I feel like that's a logical handoff point. Okay. Now that said, Marvel does not always do, you know, from the one to the next, uh, particularly, the way Ms. Marvel has been marketed so far, albeit with the one um, trailer, it seems that they're kind of um, highlighting the more um, youthful aspect of the character, you know, Mark Spector, middle-aged and all the weight of life. And Ms. Marvel, like, maybe I can be a hero and I'm in high school. And I'm not deriding either. I'm just saying it, it, it's, it's different, uh, you know, it's apples and oranges. So do you look ahead to She-Hulk? Where I feel like again, that's a slightly different audience, but still, you know, She Hulk, fully adult character, and so so on and so forth. It it's a matter of where it fits. I'll I'll add one more name, Pete, and I feel like I will have covered hopefully all of my bases between floating Doctor Strange two and uh, She Hulk and Ms. Marvel. We still do have the Val character, Julia Louis Dreyfus, out there as, in a story sense, kind of the new Nick Fury, the new person who. You know, from the comics, we have a sense that she's putting together a bad team. Um, I feel like that it's it wouldn't be impossible to have her show up. Julia Louis Dreyfus understands. Hey, we need you on a plane to Atlanta in two weeks. Tell no one. Turn off your phone. Also, you're going to be dressed in in a hooded robe while we move you from trailer to soundstage and so forth. She kind of gets the whole thing, and you could come in there, you know, while you're doing pickups and have her say, you know. Mark Spector, ever hear of the bad guy initiative? Boom, fade to black. <laughs> um, I feel like because they nearly went with Doctor Strange in WandaVision, um, and even then they they did the the Nexus event thing, and there was the the one commercial that was closely associated with uh doctor strange and these are characters that came from film first right that that went to tv that all bets are off of whether you can go tv to film film to tv so i'm going to give you two matt that i think one uh in terms of more certainty and the other in in the possible realm I don't know how it doesn't make sense that uh, Dane Whitman, seen in the Eternals film, okay, Black Knight from the comics, does not appear in a show set in London when he is a scientist and historian at the Natural History Museum in London, 
okay, and has gone through what he has with the Eternals and is going to touch the sword. And then we hear Blade, Mahershala Ali's unseen Blade, speak to him. I think it makes too much sense that he does not appear in Moon Knight. Um, I think, Pete, if you are right, that shows a lot of confidence that Marvel Studios has in the Eternals as a property moving forward. If he doesn't show up, it might be that Marvel Studios maybe has waned, much as the moon does, waned on its confidence uh, in the Eternals, um, which I would not completely discount. I think that the box office for Eternals was what it was coming out when it did during uh, during COVID. Um, and you can hide a lot. Of, you can say, well, it, it, audiences, people went to see it, loved it though that's not true, according to the cinema score. And critics were fine with it, though it is the lowest critically rated uh, Marvel Studios film. You can hide a lot by saying, well, it, it, it was fall 2021. People weren't really going to the movies except for you know a month later when they went for Spider-Man. Um, a lot can be hidden there. Maybe, maybe you call it a win and you hang up, you hang up the cleats for Eternals. Uh, or, Pete, you're completely right, as you oftentimes are. You've earned the Spoiler Pete moniker. Uh, maybe with me now saying, maybe he shows up in episode 106 in a post credit scene. You know, maybe it's that. Pete, maybe, surprise, surprise, at the end of the first episode, he's there. Dun, 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 and also starring, you know, so on and so forth. Who knows? I think... Kit Harrington would easily fit with the character, with the vibe of the series. You know, this clearly the the roughest, the tumblest of any of the Marvel Studios offerings that we've seen on Disney Plus just yet. The other Matt, we're gonna go TV to TV. Okay. And I really think there's a strong possibility we might get uh Agnes. Agatha Harkness reprised here by Katherine Hahn from uh, WandaVision. Uh, I mean, certainly in that we are dealing with kind of the mystical, the magic and so forth. That Purple does... magic, Matt. Purple magic people yeah. unite. Um, And I think too, you know, I know it's a slightly different property, but insofar as Star Wars and Book of Boba Fett has shown has shown the possibility where you can do not just like characters from my thing show up in your thing, but the ability to really do kind of like a side sequel series. You know, we know uh, House of Harkness is coming. Let's say, Pete, you're onto something here. Maybe, you know, just as there was so much, maybe even the, the best parts of Hawkeye were about advancing characters not named Clint Barton and advancing them for their next thing, you know, do you get a two episode arc uh, or surprise at the end of one episode, then completely in the next episode where Agatha Harkness arrives. And that's enough for you to say, you know, Oh man, now I'm seeing a little, how, how did she get out of Westview? How did she get out of the prison that Wanda put her in? I want to find out more. Guess what? Next year you do when she gets her own show, that, that sort of thing where, it's it's more than a character dust off. It's a little bit of a sequel side story and so forth. 
Um, Could you imagine an Agatha secret scene at the end of this series, the day before Wanda shows up in Doctor Strange? I mean, that sounds very possible. Um, particularly, I I feel like I feel like for Marvel, low key, not low key, in in an under in an underpresented manner, that kind of low key. I feel like the hope is that Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is going to be an Avengers event type film. Maybe not Endgame, you know, one of the the biggies of all time, but just in terms of you know all the things we've talked about on prior podcasts about that movie in terms of you know do we get tom cruise iron man do we get this do we get you know what are the cameos what's the fun what's the uh, frankly pete what's the no way home roller coaster are we going to get that um but with access to all the toys in the in the marvel cinematic universe uh and uh dr strange and all of that so i wouldn't i wouldn't put it past that for as much as Moon Knight is being presented as its own thing with the potential for a future season, not an automatic kind of prelude to the next movie, why not do both? Well, I'm tickled purple to have our listeners along for the ride here to be talking this week to week. Again, you want to get your feedback to us by you know, late Friday, early Saturday. We typically record Saturday mornings and uh, the podcast will be made available on Saturdays. Uh, so get them into us. Variety of ways that you can do that. And Matt's going to tell you in a moment. But all of this, the entire Fantastic Geek kit and caboodle, your Marvel, your Star Wars, your Star Trek, brought to us by the good people of patreon.com slash Fantastic Geek. Yes, Pete. It is our privilege to be listener supported, particularly as we gear up for these new shows and gear up for the golden hours when we'll be podcasting the season finale of Moon Knight, season finale of Picard, season premiere of Strange New Worlds, and going to see Doctor Strange 2 and podcasting it all in relatively uh, due course. Um, <laughs> Got to sleep somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, but the fact that we are listener supported and some of those costs for storage and bandwidth and all that behind the scenes stuff, uh, you know, we have people helping out so, so appreciated. So our thanks each and every week to them and uh, we truly could not do it without them but pete let's talk about keeping the conversation going how can people be in touch with you to make moon night predictions find me on twitter at peter p-i-e-t-e-r-j-k-e-t-e-l-a-a-r 12,438 followers can't be wrong just want to add to the patreon discussion can't uh, contribute this month we can always use you over on apple podcast give us a quick rating number of stars there hopefully it's the high number not the low number leave us a little review helps people find us and particularly as this series is kicking off scoots the old algorithm in our favor great as always to know the people are supporting us there on apple podcasts pete uh, in regards to keeping the conversation going, uh, while I am personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, you can be touch with the podcast. You can find us under Fantastic Geek on Instagram, uh, fantasticgeek.com. You can leave a comment there. Also send an email to fantasticgeek at gmail.com. Really, really looking forward to this, uh, this forthcoming Moon Knight conversation. But wait, Pete, there's more places to comment. 
facebook.com slash fantastic geek all one word with the p and the h like it today pete the next time we talk moon Knight, barring some sort of earth shattering news uh it'll be on saturday april 2nd uh after the wednesday uh, march 30th premiere so definitely looking forward to kicking off this adventure with that i will say adios to all our listeners and give you pete the final word talk to you soon <laughs>